gonna we be on Burger. Okay. I will leave you to it. Thank you very much for coming to talk to us. This is hey. the most social I've been this in is... four days. This is great. It's good to see you now. <laughs> <laughs> Immediately got it's the coronavirus. We, we, we debated for pretty much all day today whether or not to actually meet to podcast and the other options we had. And it came down to asking our spouses if they were comfortable with it. Hold on now, huh? Spouses. <laughs> Significantly. We've only been Jesus together for five years. Fucking Christ, John. <laughs> We've only been together for a sixth Partner. of my life. You yeah. really, Partner. In yeah. this end of the world fucking time, you want to argue about goddamn <laughs> syntax. one of these so it better be good what needs it in this time so that's a habit I'm sorry even the toughest of days have bright spots just do your best not even making that up wow good fortune and uh, welcome back to zero credits the show we talk about things. My name's Homer. And my name's, once again, Misophonia Trigger John. And together we're Henry and John coming at you to discuss the cultural happenings of the zeitgeist. Or more accurately, there's nothing going on, so... Uh, yeah, there's, uh... Let me... I don't know how much we want to talk about this. It's only the only thing going on yeah. in the world. But I'm on day six of no work. And I'm on day six of having to go to work against my will. So that sounds like a good of an excuse as any. Uh, these are the last... <laughs> wow, big party foul from Henry. It spilled all over my clothes. Big party foul from Henry. Right out the gate. Why did it do that? Uh, you open it maybe too fast. Sometimes the beer these spirits. Are, these are the last. <laughs> I'm freezing. <laughs> these are the last six Hans pills from my wedding, and what an ending! No, what a fitting time to drink them here at the end of the world. Yes, uh, and really the Hans pills got you right there at the end. Oh yeah, I, I'm okay. So for those of you who are. Have pieced it together. My can of beer overflowed when I opened it and yeah. spilled all over my shirt and my right pant leg, and uh, that's just that's just my life now. Yeah, it's really the worst thing that's going on in the world right now. You know, the weird thing is, it's like I'm not phased by it because there is so much else going on. Yeah, uh, I don't know how much we're going to talk about it either because I've, I I'm under the the ph- philosophical stance that. They can get their information. Our our dear fans can get whatever information they need 
from other sources, and they don't need us to rehash it. Yes, I, uh, for my part, I know that we do like to talk about what's happening in the zeitgeist right now. However, uh, the thing that's happening right now with the global pandemic is something that I have been digesting constantly every day from the moment my wretched eyes open to the moment said wretched eyes close. So, I would maybe lean towards talk about it not so much, because I'm sure a lot of people are in similar positions. I am a voracious listener of podcasts. And everyone's talking about it? I've stopped, (laughs) genuinely, I have stopped listening to newer episodes of my favorite podcast because I can't fucking stand to hear it anymore. And I get that it's important. I mean, as a person who... Reading about this has now become part of my job, my day-to-day, the job that won't let me work from home. Yes. And, like, kind of assuage any of my fears of either getting it or spreading it. I, too, would like a break. So, instead of talking about all that's going on, uh, we're going to break this episode into two parts. The first part is going to be the culmination of the past eight weeks We've been building up to it, and it's finally here. We're going to finish our discussion about Fast and Furious colon Spy Racers. And we're going to get to that shortly. The second part is I want to highlight good news coming out right now. Because I feel like there's so much bad news that it's overshadowing what little good news there is. Uh, I would be interested particularly in the second half because I have... Uh, consumed no good news over the past six days. I have been on the search, on the hunt, because I need a little bit of good news to make the bad news go down. And uh, so I will share what I have found over the past couple of days, good news-wise. But I f- first, uh, I guess normally we check in and see how each other are doing. I'm almost afraid to ask, John. You're on day six of your quarantine. Day six of quarantine. Now, I don't say quarantine as in I have or had the virus, but I am on day six of quarantine, which is my company considered me a significant enough risk that they put me on quarantine for 14 days. Would you rather... And it goes into a long weekend, so it's effectively 17 days. Would you rather be it be called self-isolation? I... Well, uh, I saw this thing today. It's not a quarantine unless it's from the quarantine region of France. It's, Otherwise, yeah. it's sparkling isolation. Yeah. Uh, so I would like to refer to it as my sparkling isolation. Or if you're a fan of Warren Zevon, my splendid isolation. Splendid isolation. Words don't work anymore. They don't. That's one thing. I've a lot of people in the service industry also don't work anymore. And they, they're certainly not using words, because who's, who's there to talk to? No one. Other service people? It's just, it's rooms, not rooms, because of the, the limit. It's just conversations of, can I get you anything back and forth? Empty and, chairs and empty tables. Holy shit. We're living in Les Miserables. Finally. I'm I'm Les Miserables. <laughs> I am all of the miserables. And I am likewise doing not good, so I think we should skip over. Yeah. Let's just get how to the levity. I, how am I doing? Uh, so there's this concept for people with anxiety, particularly general anxiety, which is what I have, which is your floor. Yeah. And your floor is like where you hit your anxiety. And typically you have to dip pretty low before below normal 
before you hit that floor. Uh, the current situation has raised my floor significantly, whereas, uh, uh, you know, okay. You know those old video game levels? Oh, all those ones? Where the water would rise. Yeah, slowly over time. Uh, let's think like the chemical plant from Sonic yeah, 2. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the, the toxic sludge rises. Uh, that's what the floor of my anxiety is doing. It's just slowly so rising. I have to climb higher and higher in my psyche. Because that floor is coming up, and if I hit it, I have a panic attack, of which I've had at least one during this time. So I'm not doing great. Someone asked me today how I was doing, and for the first time in my life, I looked at him square in the eyes, and I said, my mental health is not the best right now, but it's whatever. And I walked away, and he was like, well, take it easy, man. I'm like, yeah... Yeah, I'll try. <laughs> yeah. I feel like... For uh, the first time in my life, I was honest and I said, my mental health is just not in the best place right now. The veil is lifted because everyone's <laughs> kind of in the same boat. Like, the number of times... The number of conversations I've had with people, genuine conversations, over the last six days, which is like, I'm doing bad. And they're like, me too. Yeah. I, I talked to that guy later. And he's like, well... I just mentioned I was tired. And he's like, from what? We're like, what are you doing? I'm like... Well, I've been drinking myself to sleep most nights. <laughs> yeah. And he was like, sleepy time tea, man. Make the switch. <laughs> Make the switch. And I was like, yeah, sure. I'll just run out to H-E-D, <laughs> grab some sleepy time tea. Oh, dude, I have bad news. There's a run on sleepy time tea. Shit. There's a run on sleepy time tea. Yeah. Uh, quick aside. You know people are buying up toilet paper. Don't do that if you're listening, by the way. I, I don't think our listeners are dumb enough to do that. Probably not. Uh, I did go to my local uh, Howard Edward Butt. Uh, and I did see that every single piece of toilet paper was taken. However, sitting in the middle of the entire was a single blue box, and I approached the blue box, and I saw that it was a 15-count box of dude wipes. Oh. Which is the Dollar Shave Club butt wipe brand. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, and I think that's incredible counter-marketing for dude wipes. Dude wipes. Dude wipes. Uh, anyway, how are you, Henry? Bad? <laughs> yeah, I, look, my mental health is not in a great place. It's whatever. Okay, well, feel better. Drink sleepy time tea. Yeah. Uh, alright, so that covers that bullshit portion. <laughs> Let's just get into what we, we've been building up for months. Well, yeah, actually, unfortunately, more, more accurately, do you drain that really quick? I'm not doing great. <laughs> alright, well, we've been building up... To this for, for for seven weeks. Uh-huh. The end of Fast and Furious colon Spy Racers. I'm setting the timer for an even 25 minutes. Okay. And it starts thusly. This episode, whose title I believe is... The Key to the Strip. Is it? Yep. So we're introduced, finally, to Cleve Kelso. Yeah, a character who I feel... So we've we've teased Cleve before as being this like enigmatic billionaire who killed Shashidar's parents. Yeah. Uh, and is like the the head of the billionaire cast that Shashidar wants to destroy. And the I most feel like evil. The most evil character. And I feel like this character, much like everything else in this show from a writing perspective, is just kind of a wet fart. Because yeah. he's not He's not referential to anything in the real world. Maybe like a, a well, mid-90s, like, Texas oil man. You didn't catch thing? it? 
What? His name's Cleve Kelso, right? Yeah. Obviously, he's Calvin Klein. Oh, there we go. Perfect. Nailed it. That was the one joke I wrote while watching it. Uh, I, I really think that they missed a great opportunity, even though I will say, uh, as far as good things for the show, Cleve Kelso did have a couple funny lines. It was like 50% genuinely funny, 50% very, very, very unfunny. Yeah. Okay, so this episode does something that no one, none of the other episodes have done, and that is uh, bend the laws of time and space. Yes. Because the episode starts with Cleve Kelso on a conference call with all the other billionaires talking about his car is safe. Yes. Because he asked a good friend to watch over it. Because that friend would eat a glass sandwich before he betrayed him. And then that call ends, and his friend immediately calls him to say that the car has been stolen, at the same time that Sashi Dar is riding up on his tank army yes. to take over Vegas. Like, yes. So that friend waited hours <laughs> to call and report the car ha- yes. having been stolen. Yeah. Hey, listen, he'd rather eat a glass sandwich than betray him. So obviously this weighed on him for a while. Maybe he had... This is what took so long. He actually ate the glass sandwich, cut his mouth to shreds, and then had to, like, like muscle through... Hey, boss. Yeah. He, he, I mean, he's contractually bound to eat that glass sandwich. Now, I want to... I'm a layman when it comes to writing cinematography. I'm a hobbyist at best. Uh, but also, just to... We're going to talk about this later. They're broadcasting a virus through Bra- uh, Big Ben yeah. because Shashidar is using somehow the power grid in Las Vegas, which is somehow more powerful. He's using it with his... In seemingly entirely wireless skeleton key yeah. thing. So just being in Las Vegas, I guess, is enough well, to... There's also the British lady who's, like, saying, 15 minutes to world domination! Yeah, classic. And then 10 minutes to world war! And it's like, you're excited about this? Yeah. Uh, one, once again, by the way, just being uh, to Shashidar's character, totally justified. He's talking about redistributing wealth. Yeah. I really don't know where the show falls politically. Sometimes I feel like we're supposed to root for Shashidar. Sometimes I feel like we aren't. But philosophically, if we're given time, I might have a, a greater stance on where I feel the show falls. The, the weird thing about Sashi's motivations is uh, the entire time he's taking over Vegas, he's like, where's that old man? I'm going to get revenge for my parents. But then when he confronts Calvin Klein, yes. he says, you think this is for revenge? This is about so much more. And it's like, well, ten minutes ago, yes. not even ten yeah. minutes ago, you were saying that this was for revenge for your parents, and now you're saying it's not. Yeah. He seems conflicted. He seems conflicted. I do feel like his greater message is one of destroying the class that allowed his parents to be killed. Oh, now see, now if he had put it in those words... Yeah. Instead of literally saying it's about revenge and saying it's so much more than revenge. Yeah. Shashi Dar was kind of mishandled this episode, this series. This is the first time where Sashi's message just got a little befuddled in the action, which is, yeah. I think is a shame. Yeah. Because as a whole, I feel like he's one of the stronger parts of the series. For sure. I I wonder about this show, though, going forward, which I don't know if it's going to get additional seasons. I hope not. Uh, but I just don't know politically really where it stands. And it, it had a lot of opportunities to really nail it. But like I said, it didn't make Cleve Kelso a stand-in for anyone no. in, in the real world. 
Uh, and going back to a previous point, uh, what I wanted to say is, in terms of cinematography and writing, I'm a neophyte. I don't know what I'm talking about. However, if I were to stage a climactic battle in Las Vegas, yeah, uh, perhaps the the most opulent. Uh, not the most topographically varied city, but the most, like, visually interesting city. It's the City of Lights. You have, I think, 120 different scale replicas of wonders around the world, of, of which Big Ben is broadcasting malware wirelessly somehow, and it matters, uh, whatever. Where would you stay? What I'm saying is if you're putting it in Las Vegas, obviously, if you want the most, like... Bang for your buck. The most bang for your buck, where you need to set every single piece of action is one floor of a dark office building. (laughs) Uh, Which was supposed to be a hotel, question Yeah, it it was a hotel. But if you really want to sell Vegas, set it in an inexplicably darkened, barren floor of a hotel. Which has really skinny floors. Yes, very skinny floors. When when, uh, Tony Toretto, that's not his name. Uh, Tom. Tom. No, Tom is from Sonic the Hedgehog. When Tom (laughs) Toretto... Okay, we need to talk about this. It is Tony, definitively. Okay, when Tommy Toretto jumps off the Luxor Pyramid into this dark office building... He crashes through and turns and immediately hits another wall. Like yes. The other side. Oh, but don't forget, uh, during the most bullshit segment where they say, well, if Dom did it, I can do it. And he tries to jump between buildings. When the car breaks through, it looks like on that entire floor of that hotel, you could fit maybe six cars. Yeah. <laughs> it is a very small building. It's very, very skinny building. Okay. When he jumps through it and the windows break... The car clearly takes up from floor to ceiling an yeah. entire story of the... How were they standing? <laughs> How did that desk fit in there? Oh, th- there's a lot of questions that I personally have, but I don't care to ask. Yeah, no, uh, I feel like the, the show really uh, mishandled its finale by not having any threat greater than Shashidar. Yeah. Uh, once again, proving that this show has, like, at best... Five percent skillful writing, but it really, it really annoyed me that every everything of note took place in a in a dark, very poorly lit floor of this hotel. There were a few things that happened outside. You had, of course, uh, what's her name, Layla. Echo. Oh, you had Echo. Echo actually did something this episode. She really she, she rode went. a drone. Hell and then yeah. broke its back and said, yeah. sorry, little guy, which was pretty cool. Did like a fucking, you know, I was wondering what would break first. <laughs> your laser or your body. <laughs> it was <laughs> it was really cool. That was yeah. one of the coolest things in this show Echo did. Echo, yeah, Echo, one moment in the entire yeah. show. But she also like punched somebody and did another one-liner. I was like, she you're, did. you're so much better than that, yeah. Echo. Yeah, she did punch someone and do a one-liner. And it was just like... Cisco, I think, did nothing. Oh, here's another problem well, Cisco I Cisco smashed the, the keyboard. So what they... Ah, okay. This is going to be a big negative from a storytelling perspective that goes into a positive. Uh, in that 
They said, Shashidar can only control things that are controlled by computers, so we're going old school. Which means they can reach into, I don't know how much you know about how cars work, but they reached into their cars, somehow ripped out the computers, and threw them away. Yeah. uh, And then just drove off. And they were fine. Yes. And they were fine. Uh, that's really not how ECUs work in cars at all. No, because you, if you, because you, it's like ripping the radio out, right? Yeah. You, rip, you just rip out, you know, you, you, rip the, the, <laughs> you just rip out, you know, the computer yeah. part. Uh, <laughs> which, like, if they actually did that with the car, number one, it wouldn't start. But also, if it started, how would it have, like, throttle control or temperature control? How would they have any readouts or be able to do any of this, like, technological stuff? They did kind of do something cool where they said, I wish I hadn't ripped out that electrical jet igniter. And then, like, use the sparks from Use the, the sparks to light it, which was cool. That was pretty neat. Uh, but the the system that lights that wouldn't necessarily... It's fine. Uh, it's very dumb. You could say there's some inconsistencies in this yeah, episode. Serious inconsistencies. That's something that I find very silly in a lot of media is they're like oh just eliminate the computer part i'm like well if something (laughs) it was that easy yeah if you have a car that for the most part for most of its readouts and functions focuses on the like obd2 system and actually uses the computer for most of its functions your car is just not gonna start yeah what they should have done if they had more time and were actually a Fast and Furious thing is they'd say, we're going old school, and they'd roll up a garage yeah. and be, here's, here's build what, a muscle car from scratch without a computer in it. Let me step into the writer's shoes. Okay. Assuming they had time to do this, or if they knew this was going to be a moment, they would bring them back in time. They would, they would bring them to this point, obviously. I say back in time for a reason. They would say, we're going to go old school, and they roll up a garage, and it would be a 3D rendering of all of the Fast and Furious cars from the past. Nice. You know. You, like Dom's 10-second like, car. You would have Dom's 10-second car. You would have Ryan. <laughs> what's, his char- what's Paul Walker's character's Brian. name? Brian. You would have uh, Brian Supra. Yeah. You would have Ludacris's whatever the hell he had in Too Fast, Too Furious. And then it would be this yeah. glorious celebration of the films. That would have been good. Yeah. But they didn't do that. They just ripped out the computers and threw them away. And, and like, it's not... It honestly wouldn't be too hard to write, because it's like, if Sashi gets the skeleton key, he can control anything with a computer in it. It's like, oh, so before he... Like, before we go to the vault, now's the time we go old school. Yeah. We ride to the vault in our old cars. Yeah. So that so if if in the if on the off chance that Sashi gets it, he can't do anything to us. Yeah, or in the hours it took him to Las Ve- to get to Las Vegas. Well, they also somehow got to Vegas really quickly too. But in the hours it took him to get to Las Vegas, they could have gone to Los Angeles, which I yeah. don't believe they were far from, and they could have gotten all these cars. Yeah, and we're. Clearly glossing over the fact that Vin Diesel makes an early and late game yeah. appearance in this episode. Uh, I, I I didn't know how to bring it up because, like, Miss Nowhere and Gary do nothing in this entire goddamn series. They did have a pretty good gag by calling his pet roach Papa Roach. That was pretty neat. But Vin Diesel goes out of his way not to help his cousin, but to save Miss Nowhere... 
and Gary so that they can help his cousin. You know, classic, uh, classic Dominic Toretto move, going to the cops first. It's almost like Vin Diesel operates a little bit like, a, like I don't know, a famous carpenter named Jesus. <laughs> he helps those who helps themselves. Yes. It's like, I'm going to reward my cousin for this relationship he's fostered with this Miss Nowhere chick. And uh, she's going to be one to save him. And I'm going to be the one to say, like, I thought I told you to stay out of trouble. Yeah. You rose to the occasion. Uh, Awkward hug. Dominic Toretto in this show manages to sound dumber than Dominic Toretto has ever sounded. He has so many muscles just in his face. They've... They... His his eyes do... Great. No, no other character. I will say, though, the leather jacket... Looked way better than just a tank top. Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. His character model looks way better. It's like this they had is, more time to work in on In the it. Dominic Toretto fighting game, this is the one where you hit B. This is the outfit you get way better. Yeah, yeah. I will say that we now know another thing. We have to get it where we can. We now know another thing about where this takes place in the Fast and Furious universe. Oh, we do. This is after Dominic Toretto has had a stroke. <laughs> Because one, because one half of his face is lifted up into a rictus smirk with one eyebrow that never goes lower than the other one. And the other yeah. side is definitively down. <laughs> no wonder he's having the kids do the work for him. Yeah. He's uh, mainly just keeping up appearances and breaking yeah. people out of jail. He had a very serious stroke. Oh, no. uh, so That's very sad. We know that this has, had, this has to have happened. Uh, but otherwise, I don't know. Give me things you liked about the episode. I liked that it was mainly action, because after seven episodes, we needed, like, the big action-packed climactic finish. Yeah. I, I feel like they they set out to be like, hey, we want 80% of this episode yeah, to be actual, sure. like, fighting, racing, driving, stunts, which feels like... It feels earned as far as mm-hmm. finales go. They did a little bit of setup in the beginning to make sure that you knew the plan beforehand, because, of course... That's what they have to do as an American piece of media. Yes. But then uh, we, we got to see the plan in action, and, and it all came together in the end. And I do like that this version of Las Vegas had, like, a Luxor hotel. Yeah. A pyramid-shaped hotel. Had, like, a Big Ben, which I guess is a thing. I can't remember when uh, I they, was there. They did... There is a Big Ben in Las Vegas. I don't There's think I multiple Big Bens. Uh, but, however, they did say... They did name fake hotels. What's it called? Like the pass liner? Yeah, the some, pass yeah something. Uh, but they named that one. They said like the two deuce and then like the sin sphere. Or yeah, something. the really weird names. Not like very, Bellagio or yeah. the Tuscany or, you know. Very weird names. Uh, anyway, continue. Um, okay. I want to point out something. This is not something I necessarily liked. Sashi Dark control anything with a computer in it. Yes. I mean... And he says, all right, traffic, get out of my way. And then makes them crash into (laughs) each other. Yes. As they're clearing. He's like, no, you can control all traffic. You could have made it so that they perfectly got out of your way. It's like, no, I'm going to slam some cars around. I'm going to do some property damage. So my question is, we have to assume if Skeleton Key works to the extent that it does... 
that this takes place significantly in the future. It has to, right? Because... Wirelessly charged. Wirelessly charged, but also the, the definition of computer in this case. Obviously a computer is anything that can do a computation. Yeah. But the... Calculators... But what this is, is it has to be a computer that is connected wirelessly to the internet. My fingers. Uh, which controls basic, like, steering functions in automobiles. Also things can, like that. can make water mains burst? Uh, somehow. Uh, so, you know, suspension of disbelief for me is low, but that's fine. Uh, things I liked about this episode, once again, you... S- my two favorite things of this entire episode happened back to back, which is using the sparks to light the jet engine, which was very good. cool. And once again, the return of heel toe shifting yeah. from uh, from Tony Toretto. Let's play chicken, right? Yeah, but let's. I, I saw it. I saw it. I thought time. that was very cool, and that was a really good way because I I don't think everyone is a prodigy at driving, as shown by like the muscle guys. Yeah, and gal, muscle guy and gal. Uh-huh. Uh But everyone has like. Some knowledge, because even they, when they were crashing, like, turns to, to minimize the damage. Yeah. And then were never seen again, so I assume they died. Yeah, have, have to be have to be dead. <laughs> have to be uh, by dead. the way, once again, this episode keeps up the long Fast and Furious <laughs> tradition of, it's cool when a tank runs over cars, but do not think too much about it. <laughs> do not think about the person in do, the car. Do not think about the fact that, uh, it's not Deckard Shaw, what was his brother's name? Uh, Robbie Bobby. <laughs> Robbie Bobby Shaw. Uh, whatever the, uh, the other Shaw. Don't think about the hundreds of people who were killed in that tank chase. Yeah. Uh, tanks are cool. They run over cars. Don't think about Don't it. Don't think about it. They were all Teslas. They were all they Teslas. Were all self-driving. <laughs> they were all self-driving. Uh, but no, sorry. You were saying something. Oh, what the fuck was I saying? Um, well, yeah, so... Oh, they assumed uh, yes. dead. Well, that presumed dead. But I, I think this is just more and more evidence that the protagonist of, of Tokyo Drift had like a severe <laughs> disability. Yeah. Because yeah. even even the muscle guys were like, "Oh, we're not gonna crash head on because that would be stupid." Yeah. We're gonna like turn and bump our cars. Yes. Yeah. Even they were able to initiate a drift. Yeah. And he, <laughs> the dumbest of people yeah. on the planet, had to have his hand held. Yeah. Uh, what was his name? Ryan Boswell? Yeah, something like that. Uh, Bobby, Robbie Boswell. It's definitely Boswell. Uh, the interesting Sean thing... Boswell? Sean Boswell. Sean that's Boswell. It. Uh, the interesting thing about his character is that uh, he has a very specific disability in that he lives his life normally, but he cannot do the one basic skill, which is control of traction in an automobile. He cannot drift. I think you just summed it up. Because everybody else in this universe lives their life one quarter mile at a time, <laughs> yes. but he lives his life normally. <laughs> yes. Uh, every single person, quarter mile at a time. He's the only person who's normal. He's the monkey wearing a sweater. I uh, think the first scene of Tokyo Drift where we see like he's that whole race through like the construction area against Freddie Prince Jr. or whatever... Yeah. I think that was the first time he'd ever seen a car. <laughs> clearly, he can. <laughs> clearly, he can go straight fast. Straight fast, and yeah. he's like, "This is all driving. This, this is great." And yeah. then, like, he gets to Tokyo where it's all drifts, <laughs> and he's like, "Well, I don't turn." So basically, for Saved by the Bell guy, keep in mind he did smoke him. Uh, oh, was it Zach from Saved by the Bell? <laughs> he looked like him. 
Uh, but no, I think it was actually the kid from Home Improvement, the big kid, Jonathan Taylor Thomas's older <laughs> older yeah. brother. Uh, but clearly, he goes fast, straight, good. So when he was yeah. like building his character, it's like ninety nine points and go fast, straight, good, zero <laughs> points and turning. Uh, uh, but anyway. I uh, thought that was cool. Love to see a return of heel-toe shifting. Yeah. And honestly, it, it... God forbid if there are more seasons of this show. This episode did show that this whole Spy Racers thing... Let's talk about selling Spy Racers as a bill of goods. Spy Racers is like wacky racers. They use paintballs and, and fun, like, jumpy things. That barely existed in this show. Yeah, in this episode? In this entire show. You oh. see maybe two races where they really do the spy racer shit. Yeah. And for the most part, the rest of it is pretty straight. Intrigue and, and like, skeleton keys and stuff. Yeah. So, it uh, also didn't destroy the piece of tech at the end, which I think has interesting <laughs> implications. I think it's interesting. I will say that is the third thing that I liked about this episode. Oh, is okay. It kind of had a classic Fast and Furious ending where the... The quote-unquote lawful good guys yeah. don't get what they want, and the scoundrels get a vacation or some money or a thing. Yeah, they took a plane to the Florida Keys, I'm guessing. Yeah, because the thing is, is like... The Where'd they get swimsuits? I don't know. Did they stop at, like, a Banana Republic? <laughs> Probably. They landed on top of an H&M. Uh, <laughs> but, I mean, the, the thing about the Fast and Furious is, for the most part, the scoundrels win. Yes. So, in having the scoundrels win, at least in this case, I feel like they really nailed... That's like the thing that's closest to the Fast and Furious universe in this whole episode. They really nailed that. Because when when it became clear that he was lying about Skeleton Key, I'm like, yes! Yeah. They're about to do a scoundrel thing! And, and you know, also, like... I mean, they're kids... Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna use the tech to like go have a vacation. That's per- that's pretty cool. <laughs> really dark when they say, "I bet Miss Nowhere is targeting a drone <laughs> strike on us as we speak." The 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 thing that gets me as a little uh, questionable is uh, for like for future seasons. So the kids assume that they're gonna continue the spy racers thing. Uh huh. Obviously. But I thought this was for one mission. Like I thought they brought them in because Sasha Dar. Had like a a, a a crew of teen racers yeah. in this racing scene. Yeah. You're gonna tell me there's gonna be more teen villains with <laughs> with teen racing scenes or Probably. What? I uh if it's worth noting though, uh as for since we like to talk about the writing quality of this show so often, uh there is nothing No throwaway jokes. <laughs> no throwaway jokes. Not in this episode. Actually, yeah, you're right. It was pretty like to the point, nothing, like, wasted, everything kind of building toward a thing. Like, yeah. this is what it should have been the whole time. Absolutely. Every episode should have been this. But they also have nothing going forward for this show. Yeah, they could have... Did you watch to see if there's an after credit sequence? I didn't. I didn't that either. Keeps, and that keeps biting me in the ass lately because, like, I watched all of, uh... The Outsider, and then uh-huh. I was like, oh man, finally I can go on to like, the subreddit and read about stuff. After credit scene. And everything is about the after credit scene. I was like, oh. But yeah. then I read what the after credit scene was, and I was like, oh, that didn't add anything. It really means nothing. Yeah, it's room 1408. Yeah. But also, if you understand that Duh. Holly Gibney is a character in a lot of Stephen King books. Mr. Mercedes. This really means nothing about yeah. her character. Mis- it's just a little bit of extra spooky. Yeah. The Outsider is really good if you haven't seen it. I liked it. Yeah. 
I enjoyed it except for the end. The end. A little cool. uneven. We already talked about yeah. it. It's be- every episode's like a 9 or a 10 out of a 10-point yeah. scale. Ends like a 7. Yeah. Uh, but it's hard to stick a landing. Uh, but I feel like, with the limited time left, we might want to rate this episode, nay, this series. The series, I think, as a whole. Maybe this, yeah, we'll tie the last uh, rating of the episode into the rating of a series as a whole. And I just want to say, it's been a ride. Not a particularly good ride. A seemingly long ride, because we stretched it out over two months. Yeah. And uh, I don't like rides that are long over the stretch of two months that aren't very good I think the writing really tanks it overall, but the action kind of lifts it up. So I'm going to give it a solid D+. Okay. I'm an F. Oh, wow. We're out of time. What a shame. Oh, no. Oh, man. What a shame. I really could have explained why I fucking hated this show some more. You know what? Why don't you? Oh, this show? Yeah. I feel like we've talked about it enough. Okay, well, I, I just wanted to give you an opportunity, be like a good friend, extend the lifeline. Yeah. Uh, but, uh... But no F. Okay. Definitely an F. Definitely hated it. So where would you rank it? <laughs> oh! No, no, no! We have Let's to. seriously do this. Oh, okay. Now that we've finished another Fast and Furious franchise of Fufufu, we have to rank it amongst... Oh, I don't remember what my ranking was, and I got a new phone, so oh, I don't no. have it anymore. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Well, we don't have to do it today. Maybe we should think about it for a, a week or How about so. we give ourselves some homework? Yeah, okay. So, this is going to give us some time to think about this and the, the whole franchise as a whole. Including the one we have not seen. So we promise you listeners oh my who God. have listened to two months worth of us talking about Fast and Furious Spiders, we're giving you a twofer. Not only are we going to record a supplemental reading for Better Luck Tomorrow, the canonical first appearance of Han Lu, we are also going to, in that episode, rank Fast and Furious Spy Racers in the canon of all Fast and Furious movies. Also, did we put Fast and Furious Supercharged slash Turbocharged in there? The Universal Studios ride I went on? Well, see, I haven't been on it. Oh, so, yeah, I'll wait. Okay. You know, I've heard the lines are really short (laughs) right now, so if you want to get in. Also, the lines are pretty short when I went, (laughs) to be totally honest with you. Uh, But no, only things we've both enjoyed, obviously, so this is a... I I want to render... You know, fair judgment. Yeah. So uh, I'll just zip over to Universal Studios real quick. Yeah. And uh, hop on that ride and come right back. Uh, but no. But no, no. Better luck tomorrow. Better luck tomorrow. That supplemental reading will include our ranking of Fast and Furious colon Spy Racers. And better luck tomorrow. And Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Obviously that one because yeah. it's going to be a supplemental reading for that. Yes. All right. Not saying it's going to come soon, but it might come soon. I don't know. Uh, let me say, I've got nothing but time over the next, let's say, 11 days. Yeah, see, I don't know what my time is like because of things we discussed before the podcast. We'll, uh, we'll revisit it closer to the weekend to see what's feasible. That's a good idea. Okay. Also, I know for a fact my wife wants to watch this movie. 
Watch party. Watch party. We just have to make sure we have less than 10 people. Less than 10 people, otherwise it's a $1,000 fine. Really? Yeah. Man. Uh, you looking forward to these checks? I, I look, if it happens, it happens, and I, I would look forward to it. Yeah, listen. I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, it might happen. If it does, I mean, Steve Mnuchin came out there saying, like, well, we hope to get it rolled out in the next two weeks, which makes it sound like he's pushed for it very hard and it might happen. However, were it to happen, let me tell you what I'm going to do. I've been caught with my pants down with this virus thing once in that I don't have a a home gym. If they gave me $1,000, I would buy a very nice home gym, cancel all my gym memberships, and then keep all my strength to myself. That's pretty great. Because if anything happens, I want to be ready. You would stimulate the economy, which is what they want. Uh, You would stimulate muscle growth. You would stimulate muscle growth. (laughs) And, and like, you would directly benefit it, which would... I mean, that's also part of it. Yeah. I would immediately put it into my savings account just to spite the fucking government. Oh, yeah. Because I'm a little bit of an anarchist, you see. Yeah. No no stimulate. (laughs) Only take. No stimulate. Only take. (laughs) But this is the reason why I signed up for Andrew Yang's universal basic income bullshit in the debate where he said if people sign up for this. Because I'd love to take dumb people's money and spend it on dumb shit. I mean, that would be great. Yeah. It's fun money. I've been meaning to upgrade my computer... But I still don't think I'm going to. I get, think just uh, get an HTC Vive. Oh, is that the no the index? What the yeah. Valve index? Yeah, get the Valve index, and that way I can play Alex for free. Yeah, there you go. Because if you buy an index, which I think is a thousand dollars, great, exactly. Uh huh. It's like that episode of Futurama where everybody gets a tax refund. Yes, and like there are like specials that are like three hundred dollars special. Uh huh. Yeah. I'm... I, I I in no way can play Half-Life Alex, but I want to make it perfectly clear. Too tall, clear. right? I want to make... Uh, just not enough money. Yeah, too tall. I want to make it perfectly clear the that... The for under under six feet. They made a... They, they made Half-Life 1 and 2 and the episodes free up until the release of Alex. I'm not exaggerating to you when I do believe... I have beaten Half-Life 1, its DLCs, uh, Half-Life 2, its various episodes, each of them dozens upon dozens of times. Alright. Uh, they, they, as far as, like, single-player video games, they might be my most played things ever. Especially because there was a period of time where I played Counter-Strike for eight-plus hours a day. Jesus. Uh, and during that time, the only other video game I would play is Half-Life. And you're a real source fed. <laughs> I'm a source. I'm a source pig. Uh, but no, I Half Life and Half Life Two, some of my favorite video games. Period. I've played them so many times. So when they were free, there was no reason for me to play them again. Yeah. Uh, but Half Life Alex is a huge deal to me, and I will never be able to play it. Why not? Just because it's expensive. You have to buy a an video. index. Yeah. No way. Yeah. I have a friend who's pretty rich. He might buy one and I might beg him to let me play it. 
But like all other VR things, it's probably an hour long. <laughs> <laughs> and that's too long to let your friend use your VR equipment. It's not long enough. I want a 30-hour RPG. No, make it Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Make it 100 hours long for no reason. <laughs> Great. I love it. I love it. All these bullshit fetch quests. Great. It's perfect. Give me a camel to ride. Hell yeah. Uh, anyway. That's Origins. Yeah, Origins rules. I didn't play either. Yeah, you're not missing I, much. I, I, yeah, I dropped the whole franchise after they dropped their storyline. I, uh... Let's not talk about Assassin's Creed. And we won't. And because we have another more important thing to talk about. We're gonna talk about... The, Assassin's Creed 3 really sold the entire franchise... Under the bus. Okay. It did. We were really... They, we did. Really they had threw a, away their storyline. a very serious storyline, and we knew where it was going, and they threw ah, it away. And we were building up to a modern-day game with Desmond in, like, the big city. Yeah. And that it would have been thing. fun. Every game had you as Desmond yeah. having more assassin powers. Yes. Clearly, the final game, Assassin's Creed 4 or whatever, yeah. should have been just Desmond in the modern day. And in 3, they, they threw it away for reasons I won't spoil. And they threw it away because to, to make it Call of Duty. They wanted to yeah, put they out threw a it away because they're year. like, we want to put out a game every year. And then they bit them in the ass and they said, we'll put a game out every two or three years. Uh, and then they just ma- kind of made soft RPGs, which is fine. Oh. Uh, Black Flag was great. Just imagine if the team I, that I made could... Black Flag made a game that was just Desmond. It would be amazing. It would be good. Really sucks. I, really sucks. Frustrating I, to see such potential wasted. Even going back to Assassin's Creed 1, I think Assassin's Creed 1 was a great game. A lot of it was. Games, yeah. Assassin's Creed 2, phenomenal. 3 was okay. Assassin's Creed 1 might have been my first open world game. Really? Yeah. It was, uh, it was good. A lot of people complained about the combat being overly cinematic, but I'm like, that's what they're going for. That's what it was. The combat is cinematic. The story is good. It's gorgeous. My favorite thing was... And it teaches you history. Yeah, it, yeah, it was accurate. Yeah. To a degree. Yeah, yeah. obviously. Uh, my favorite thing was to, like, tackle a guard and just run away. It was great. I just did that for hours. Remember Assassin's Creed 2? Assassin's Creed 2 was amazing. One of the best sequels to a game ever made. Brotherhood blew the entire paradigm out of the water. Brotherhood was amazing. Yeah. And then uh, Revelations... I never finished it. Did a lot of really... Okay. Here is uh, an unpopular opinion that I, someone who has finished most... I think I finished all Assassin's Creed games up to and including... Uh, for Freedom Cry, which is the DLC for Black Flag. Uh, Revelations is worth finishing because the end rules. Oh, the... What? Yes. Uh, the thing at the end of Revelations (laughs) where where you merge the timelines of Altair and Ezio... Oh, yeah. So good. That's not what I was talking about. Oh, no. Let's talk about the, uh... I'll tell you about it afterwards. You know. Tell you about it after. You okay with with me spoiling this after the episode's over? I know what happens. Okay. (laughs) I keep gesturing it. I... And she's all... Oh, but there's another thing that happens. Oh, I didn't collect all the feathers. (laughs) Great. Uh, Anyway... Anyway. We have other things (laughs) Instead of fighting about video games that we have misremembered... (laughs) <laughs> no, man, it's Mandela effect. Man, yeah. 
I thought it was Mandela. <laughs> oh no. Uh, anyway, right, let's talk so, about things that don't matter, like the world. Here's the thing. Here's what I want to do. There's been a lot of bad news constantly streaming from every stupid screen in the world. But there's been some good news that has happened that gets buried by all the shit. So I just want to take a few moments. I've got a lot of stuff saved up. Okay. And I want to take a few moments and highlight some of the good things that have been happening. I want to make it clear that what I was going to do is since I have consumed nothing but negative media, I was going to counter everyone that you said was something very negative, but I won't. Because like I said... I think I think I actually proposed that... Um, yeah. Like, I was thinking out loud, and I was like, what if we do a good, good, bad, a good, no, sorry, a bad news, good news thing? Uh-huh. But I think I just want to focus on good news. I thought we were going to do kind of a, a bad, bad, good, good. <laughs> bad, bad, good, good? <laughs> yeah. All right, so, the, my first good news thing uh, that has happened local to us. Wait, before you say this one, can I say, oh, God, we need it? Yeah, yeah, we... So, uh, this happened a while ago. Oh. <laughs> Wait, if I... This happened This happened last week. If I suddenly come up with good things that are related to the bad thing that's happening, can I say those? Yeah, sure. Okay. So, this happened on March 10th, to give you an idea of when this happened. So, like, exactly a week ago. Alex Jones arrested for DWI in Travis County. What? Al- no one told me this. Really? No, yeah. I had no idea. Alex Jones was arrested in Travis wow. County, the county that most of us live in. Yeah, that's really good. Half of this couch lives in Travis. <laughs> yeah, half of the half of this couch that matters lives in Travis County. A uh, conspiracy theorist Alex Jones was arrested. Hold on, what's the source for this? Because <laughs> CBS Austin, <laughs> great, coming out, coming at him by literally calling him a conspiracy theorist and not a journalist yeah. or a radio host. Mwah. <laughs> Conspiracy theorist Alex Jones was arrested for driving while intoxicated early Tuesday morning, according to the Travis County Sheriff's Office. Travis County says Jones was released on bond just after 4 a.m. Further details of Jones' arrest were not immediately available. That's the entire article. That's less than I wanted. But hey. Yeah. Complicating an asshole's life? Yes. I'm all for it. Uh, Alex Jones sucks. He's a bad uh, person. I, uh, I'm a little bit of an accelerationist because I feel like anything bad that happens to bad people is a good thing. And if we can compound those things even better. I mean, that's kind of why it's on the list. Yeah. No, I... What is it with shitheads and getting DWIs? So that's driving while intoxicated, right? Yes. Yeah, driving while intoxicated. I think shitheads are... Or, or more... I guess accurately, narcissists yeah. are so confident in their abilities at all times that they're like, oh, I've 10 beers tonight, but I can still drive. <laughs> yeah. Now, here's the thing. Uh, did they charge him with a DUI or a DWI? DWI. Great. Uh, so he, was, he wasn't under the influence, but he was intoxicated. Do you wow. think he was intoxicated while bu- under the effects of alcohol or... Some sort of government chemical that turns frogs gay. I honestly think... Okay, so this is a very common thing that you see in a very uh, outspoken narcissistic people. They project. Yes. And so I think he was absolutely chugging uh, 
I don't know, a Stein? You yeah. think it's Stein after Stein of chemicals that make frogs gay? Yeah, no, absolutely. He he can drink chemicals that make... He can drink you under the table, assuming you are drinking chemicals that make frogs gay. Yeah, I don't think he can handle alcohol at all, because you've absolutely. seen his body. Like, he's, yeah. He's peak physical condition. He no, can drink alcohol. Absolutely. Have you seen that HGH gut? He's seeing a lot of anti-aging doctors, allegedly. Uh, and they're prescribing <laughs> this chemical yes. that happens to make frogs gay. And that's how he knew about it, you yes. see. That's where the source is his anti-aging doctor. <laughs> I uh, I love Alex Jones and that he's a, an awful person. I wish only uh, perdition upon him. He's a bad, bad man. A lot of people treat Alex Jones like he's a joke, but a lot of people listen to him and he holds truly... Truly odious beliefs. He's kind of like a worse Dr. Oz and that he... I mean, maybe Dr. Oz is worse because Dr. Oz pretends to be a doctor. Yeah. I feel like they, they both... Are shitheads. They both are shitheads. Uh, not even allegedly. But the thing about uh, Alex Jones and Dr. Oz is they both target similar demographics, which is people who are mentally vulnerable to... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Repeat the sentence. Uh, People who are mentally vulnerable to influence. Suggestion. Suggestion and influence. Uh, A lot of what Alex Jones is selling is the idea that uh, we are all becoming soy boys. Yeah. And that only through his supplements, his dangerous untested supplements, can you, like, retain uh, manhood. Yeah. Which uh, really gets away from the fact that all these people who are, like, hawking manhood are just going to anti-aging clinics and just getting on, like... Anavar and HGH. Either that or they're getting on to those uh, testosterone clinics that are not FDA approved. Yeah, abs- absolutely. Which, you know, there's nothing wrong with some testosterone if under a doctor's supervision. A real doctor. A real not, doctor. A real not doctor. A testosterone doctor. <laughs> yeah, not a test doctor. Uh, but I, I think that they're, they're both taking advantage of people. Uh, Dr. Oz is maybe worse because he does it to a much larger audience. Uh, but Alex Jones, in addition to selling his untested supplements to awful, uh, not awful people, uh, but instead of selling his, in addition to selling his supplements to people who are compromised uh, and sensitive to such things, he also holds really awful political beliefs. Yeah, he's a bad person. It is a shame he's from here. I want only the worst for him. I know, same. So, it's good that the Travis County Sheriff's Office is uh, doling out some justice. Yeah, Travis County. If uh, if only he hadn't been released on bail, if the rest of Texas was any indication, maybe he would have been sent to Old Bessie. Old Bessie? The electric chair. Oh, shit. <laughs> uh, you I, know, that could... was the joke I was thinking. I just didn't think you would phrase it as such. Uh, we kill people like crazy in Texas. It's sad... But you know what's not sad? How does 2,780 plus free ebooks grab you? Uh, okay. I'll be honest with you. I just found my Kindle again, so this grabs me very opportunely. I have a link to a place where one can download 2,780 plus free ebooks. Legal? Legal. Uh, Project Gutenberg. Oh, Project Gutenberg. Uploads free public domain ebooks and they make them available to the public. 
It's a great resource for free ebooks, but it can be hard to find books you might be interested in picking up if you don't know what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. So this person, by the name of Shator, uh, Shator, C H T O R R R. Thank you, Shator. Shator uh, has compiled Kytor. lists of different categories of books. You might want to check out. Uh huh. All available on Project Gutenberg. Uh, I'm going to include this link in the description of this episode so people can find it. But let's just peruse this list of categories. There's 50 free books on etiquette. Uh huh. There's 115 on fairy tales. 100 on mythology. 200 on sci fi. There's a hundred free Christmas ebooks if you're, you're feeling in the spirit of the season. Uh huh. We got poetry, we got history, we got memoirs and autobiographies. <laughs> Run that by me one more time. <laughs> we got poetry, we got history, and memoirs and autobiographies. <laughs> yes. There's some mysteries, there's some pirates, astronomy, housekeeping, craft books, gardening books. Ghost stories, ooh, 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 ghost, ghost stories, Arthurian legends. Oh wait, another list of Christmas <laughs> ebooks. Wait a second, and uh, and then a hundred audio books for free from uh, Librivox. I don't know. Librivox. Librivox. Yes. So I'm gonna include this link on the episode description if you want to check out some ebooks. So I would like to. Uh... Project Gutenberg is yeah. huge. They're amazing. Uh, I have a kind of a lot of history with Project Gutenberg in that uh, people might know that I used to be a pretty... Uh, a, a, you used to be pretty. I used to be pretty. Uh, but I used to be a pretty prolific uh, creator of uh, role-playing game campaigns. Hey, you were! Uh, and what happened? I got busy. Oh. Uh, catch me over the next 11 days, though. I mean, uh, fuck. I'm, so I'm ready. Project Gutenberg has been around for a long time, and Project Gutenberg, along with the Internet Archive, is a pretty phenomenal resource for spooky material, or, yeah. or even tonal material, if you're writing these things. Uh, so if you've got a lot of free time and you can read through a lot of scary stories, uh, you can create some pretty... Just incredible reference materials. And also, uh, Project Gutenberg, uh, through LibriVox, has very, depending on who uploads them, pretty high-quality audiobook recordings of public domain works. And in fact, if someone were to look hard enough for the Project LibriVox recordings for one's HP Lovecraft, uh, someone might actually find full LibriVox recordings... Uh, of a familiar voice reading the entirety of certain H.P. Lovecraft works. That's pretty darn cool, if I do say so myself. I will not say which works they are. Uh, or whose voice know, it is. Or whose voice it is. <laughs> uh, but uh, go take a look. I just used to be very involved with Project Gutenberg and LibriVox. Yeah, who 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 could say which one of us on this couch <laughs> was could, involved? Who could say? But, you know, take a look. That's one of the 50 free mystery books is figuring <laughs> yes. out whose voice it is. It's a huge mystery. Uh, but that that's uh, especially for people who are doing 
or either on quarantine or self isolation or self isolation or sparkling isolation or, spi- or sparkling isolation or practicing social distancing where possible. Yes. Uh, if you find yourself like me, uh, a relatively extroverted person with an abundance of free time, uh, books are a great way to escape. Uh, if you live in a state like Texas that has closed its libraries. Uh, keep in mind that things like Project Gutenberg are great ways to find new reading materials. Hell yeah. So do that. Do it. Yeah. And also, you know, if you run out of an opportunity to read books, maybe go to a website like Coursera or Khan Academy or the MIT Learning Lab and learn something. You can learn something in this free time. Pick up a new skill. Ditch that job you hate. Yeah. Get a new job that you could tolerate. Oh, that rhymed. <laughs> it did rhyme. Oh, uh, but, I felt some power there. Yeah, Project Gutenberg is near and dear to my heart, so that is very good news. Now, say that uh, you're not a fucking nerd, so you don't like... <laughs> oh, boy. So you don't like books or oh, learning. Oh, no. And you need... <laughs> you need something to help you uh, get in that relaxing mood. You should know that during this time of social distancing... The Georgia Aquarium offers live webcam feeds of most of their exhibits, including otters, sea lions, beluga whales, puffins, and penguins. Wait, otters? Otters. Sea lions. Sea lions. Beluga whales? Beluga whales. Penguins? And puffins. Puffins? And penguins! Wow, puffins aren't even aquatic. But they're birds? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, so you... And I, I totally did this the other night. I watched the penguins hop around and be fed for, like, 30 minutes last night just to give myself something to look at that wasn't news. Yeah, I uh, I did a similar thing, but I was watching reviews of Engine Grease on YouTube. Engine Grease? Engine Grease. Well, that's not aquatic at all. It is not. But that is, that is incredible. So just live webcam feeds of live animals? Live webcam feeds of live animals. And you, like, um, some of the cameras are, like, night vision. Mm-hmm. Or, or like, you know, 90, 90, 90 night night? 90 night night cameras. <laughs> so you, you can watch the exhibits when there's no animals oh. going around. Oh, but sometimes there will be animals. Oh, it's zoomed in. What? Can you control it? No. Did it detect a penguin? Oh, it zoomed out. It's not looking at anything. That's weird. Oh. But, uh, so, so that was the, uh, Southern Sea Otter webcam, but you can... Look at the piranha webcam if you Ooh, want. Give me those piranhas. Which zoo is this again? This is the Georgia Aquarium. Georgia Aquarium. Oh, it looks like the piranhas might not be moving. That I see one. one. Oh, moving. there's one. One's moving. Yeah, one came in. That's a piranha. The other one's sleeping. The other one's sleeping. And uh, so yeah, you, if you want to, to get some 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 peace, get some uh, eye bleach. That's a thing that the internet says. You can watch some aquatic animals go about their day from the Georgia Aquarium if you just go to their website and look for their live feeds. Uh, one other thing that I would like to add to this, I don't know if it's also in your list of good news, uh, but if you are experiencing a period of social distancing, isolation, or quarantine, uh, there is Netflix Party. Are you aware of this? You can watch things with friends. Yeah, it's basically Google Hangouts plus Netflix. So you have a local host and you can put on a Netflix movie and then have commentary with friends. I'm planning on doing this with a couple of my different improv groups over the next couple weeks. That's pretty good. Uh, So once again, if you're experiencing this and you want some entertainment, uh, you can either set up a Google Hangout or a Skype, whatever, 
Uh, Skype is way worse than Google Hangouts. Uh, but you can set up like a Skype thing. You can watch some penguins, watch some piranhas, watch some Netflix. Hell yeah. Yeah, have a group viewing of Contagion. Um, hmm. Maybe something different. Maybe, uh... The Last Unicorn. The Last Unicorn. I don't know. Cheer. Cheer is full of drama. We've been watching Mad Men. Don't watch uh, it with a group. Okay. Uh, but you know. There are, th- there are there opportunities. Are watch all of Castlevania. That's pretty good. I do feel like if we want to talk about kind of philosophically what's going on with the world right now... It's been a while since we've so robustly explored isolation. Yeah. There, there's a... Because a lot of people are in periods of very serious isolation right now, uh, whether mandated or otherwise. And there, a lot of resources have come about showing that it's possible to have a pretty decent amount of entertainment in pure isolation. Uh, and I feel like as this situation carries on... Uh, we'll have more and more opportunities for communal isolation. Uh, just a bunch of people in their underwear <laughs> uh, watching documentaries about cheerleaders. Well, mate, um, uh, what could be wrong with that? <laughs> I, I mean, we are at the perfect stage of human techno- technology, technological evolution to have these periods of isolation. Because you can connect with friends and play video games over the internet. Yeah. You can watch things in a group party setting while being in your separate homes. You can read ebooks or just normal books if you have them. Yeah. There's, there's so many things you can do in isolation. The only thing you can't do is get some sun. But that's what balconies and porches are for. Yeah, we have a backyard. We've talked about setting up some chairs so we can sit out there shirtless, to varying degrees, <laughs> in the sun every day just to get some sun for the next few days. Get that vitamin D. Don't let don't let the... Well, actually, it's going to rain for the next... Week. Yeah, it's actually going to rain for about <laughs> the next ten days. Which is kind of like... Really bad for isolation, because yeah. on top of that, it's, like, rainy, but curl up with a good blanket and a good book and some sleepy time tea. So anyone in the uh, Texas area, the Travis County area, knows that there was a very vicious storm that ripped through this area for about five minutes. Yeah. Uh, and it really came down. I, once it came down, brought all the plants inside that didn't need a watering, all our succulents, because we didn't want them to drown. And then once it was raining, I typically enjoy a very heavy rain because it makes me feel like I'm being forced to stay inside and I can yeah. enjoy isolation. However, as someone who has been forced to enjoy isolation for the last six days, the presence of rain filled me with uh, deep hatred. Oh, no. Because I'm like, oh, I'm stuck inside, and now this? And more. They pile on. They pile on. I'll never escape. Yeah. Uh, But, I don't know. Next good thing, please. The next good thing. Now, this is actually a little bit related, and apparently I hit... I thought I hit save on this story, but apparently it's gone? Great. Um, but this is just some good news directly related to the virus. Uh, women who are pregnant, who give birth, who have the virus, their babies don't have the virus. Yeah. That's pretty, that's just some good news. The uh, the more research, research that's coming out about this, uh, there was that pretty big statement out of uh, University of Melbourne, I think. Yeah, Mel- Melbourne. Uh, stating that the... Transmission vectors of, and in fact, the the way that we combat physiologically the virus, very similar to the way that we fight the flu. 
Yeah. Uh, flu antibodies seem to be the ones that our bodies employ and successfully use to fight off this infection. So that's good. Meaning we already have what we need to fight it. We already... Yeah, we've got some tools. They might have to adapt a little bit. Yeah. But we should be somewhat equipped to fight it. And it's not congenital. And in fact... Uh, I mean, you can't give it to your babies. Oh, good. Uh, and we're, we've also shown that... We already have tests in place to test people's blood to see the level of flu-fighting antibodies one possesses. So, were the situation to get bad enough, ideally we would roll out massive testing. But if we were able to test someone and also take their blood, within 24 to 40 hours we would know whether they are positive for the virus and whether or not they have the necessary antibodies to fight off the flu. Typically, that's going to be babies and the elderly. But if we know those two pieces of information, we can immediately hospitalize and isolate them, effectively killing the thing that's going around. And that would be great. Those are the... I can't undersell how important this is because from what I'm reading, these two pieces of information being available to us are the best things we have next to a vaccine. Yes. Because the only thing we're looking for now, because a vaccine could be as far away as 18 months. Yeah. The only thing we're looking for now is what is current, like, palliative and preventative treatment, which is how do we figure out who's going to get it the worst and take care of them? And the people that we know are going to get it and be mild, we can just isolate in their homes. Because we can only fill hospitals with people who need the most help. Flattening the curve. Exactly, which yeah. is the strategy. I, I mean, related to that is just how widespread and accepting the response to flattening the curve has been. Yeah. We've got major companies like uh, Alamo Drafthouse, Regal Cinema, AMC... Closing outright yes. their facilities, knowing that they're going to take a loss mm -hmm. and being well off enough to sustain that loss. We've got restaurants and bars being closed by governors and mayors. Like The response has been great in America, and that's really good to see because in epidemics of the past... We, ha we haven't seen we haven't this done type of response. Uh, so we're taking it seriously, which I really appreciate. Uh, once again, stay the fuck at home, yeah. which is the most important thing. Uh, but it, it is heartening to see how seriously we're taking flattening the curve as a strategy. Uh, you just kind of have to take it day by day. Yeah. Uh, but it's ideally something that, as the situation develops every day, is working. Or at least is helping. I mean, it's good to see us take something seriously and not kind of blow it off. It's like, oh, this is... I, I still see people saying, like, oh, it's just a bad flu. It's like, well, yeah. shut the fuck up. Yeah, no, you don't know the situation. <laughs> the only... Uh, I'm just glad those people aren't in positions of power. They're not decision makers for multiple populations of people. The, the only thing that I'd really say is a concern that we have... Go ahead and open your beer. I want to punctuate opening my beer with something else. Okay. Uh, so the the thing that I'd say is don't hoard food. Yeah. Uh, stay indoors. The only thing I'd suggest as far as things that you purchase and consume that you might want to stock up on is maybe do like a month 
to two months of your medication if you can. Yeah. Uh, just because it might become a pain to get it as more places close. You'd have to go to a pharmacy and potentially risk either spreading exactly. unknowingly or catching unknowingly Yeah, you, you just want to make it so you don't have to spend time in a pharmacy. Supermarkets, no big deal, but you don't want to go to a place where people are going because they're already sick. Yeah. So maybe stock up on medication. Do it. Uh, but yeah, don't hoard. Get your medication. Stay inside. And for the last bit of good news that we'll talk about, it broke this morning. Tom Brady is no longer a patriot. Woo! He's gone! I, uh, I was seeing a lot of news about this. And I'm really hoping that Tom Brady no longer being on the Patriots really cuts down on this toxic Patriot fan stuff we have going on. The Patriots are garbage. Uh, The only thing they had going for them was Thomas Brady, the robot program to play football and kiss his son on the mouth. (laughs) Which is an actual thing that he he does. Uh, let and me, he is gone. Let me tell he you. He is gone. Tom, he is gone. Tom Brady, uh, I don't care so much about football, uh, but Tom Brady being out, two important facts about Tom Brady. I'm really glad that we're never going to talk about his extremely restrictive, weird diet that has kept his 80-year-old body from falling All apart. he eats is strawberries. Because the, the thing that they always say... About Tom Brady is the one thing he can never eat is a tomato, and the one thing he can always eat is his son's mouth. <laughs> he, he loves kissing the son on the mouth. Yeah, but he hates tomatoes. It's tomatoes weird. promote inflammation. It's weird. But the mouth of his son does not. Oh. Uh, Tom Brady. Uh, it's too weird. It's too weird. Here's one of my favorite things about Tom Brady. Uh, do you remember that show where Paul Rudd clones himself, Living yes. With Myself? he's got a little cameo in it's there. It's a good show. I think it's a good show that doesn't really need or deserve a second season. Uh, but there's a cameo when he's going into the like, cloning facility where he goes, Oh, Tom Brady? How many times have you been cloned? He's like, Oh, this is my eighth time. Clearly the joke, and I want to applaud the writers because they wrote this in not knowing they could cast this person, and they got him. Yeah. Because the joke is Tom Brady's too old and has had to clone himself to main to remain flexible. And also, the entire point of that show is when you're cloned, you're killed. Yeah. Uh, so your clone is the new there you. There have been seven Tom Brady deaths. There's been seven Tom Brady deaths. However, in interviews after that, when people ask him about it, and they're he like, had no idea. They're like, oh, you were in this show, like, it, it was implying that you had cloned yourself just for a sports performance and you were being killed. He was like, I just thought I was in a funny comedy show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Uh, yes, very funny. Oh, poor Mr. Brady. Well, not poor Mr. Brady. Poor Mr. Brady. He only has a hundred trillion dollars. Well, his wife makes more money than him. Great. Great. His wife is the breadwinner. Uh, Tom Brady's a she's cheater. A, she's a supermodel. Tom Brady's a cheater. I think her name is Gazelle. He deflated those balls. To me, one of my one of my Giselle fa- Giselle. I don't know. One of my favorite things: the people who do bad lip readings. No, the people who do auto tune the news. Yes. Uh, did a song based on the Deflate Gate thing, and the refrain to that song is Tom Brady just saying. 
To me, those balls were perfect. <laughs> yes. Uh, and it's that gets stuck in my head. Yeah, no. Uh, Alex Jones get Alex arrested. Alex Jones get fucked by the police. Get fucked by the police. Patriots also get arrested. Patriots get arrested by Brady Bot exiting their team. Yes. I have and no books, interest in Tom Brady. Books, books aquariums, and pregnant ladies. Books, giving birth aquariums, to and pre- wait, hold on. We can make something out of this. Yeah. Alex Jones gets arrested. Books, aquariums, and pregnant ladies. Patriots lost Tom Brady because Brady kind of slant rise. What well, uh, fully rises lady? So, pregnant ladies giving birth to healthy babies. Oh, Tom Brady. Yeah. This is a real we didn't start the fire thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's really good. Tom Brady, baby. (laughs) Tom Brady, Alex Jones. (laughs) Tom Brady, Alex Jones, babies ain't got coronavirus. Shit. Baby ain't got rabies. This is hard. It's really hard. Billy Joel deserves every cent he got for crashing that that car into that building. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. That's one in a different direction. Uh, Yeah, Billy Joel did we didn't start the fire. Oh, I thought Billy Joel... He also did uh, Down Easter Alexa, which is a real. Which one's Billy Joel? Is he the Elton John? Uh, incorrect. <laughs> He's the piano man. Uh, Billy Joel, is he only the good Diane? Yeah, I think so. Okay, cool. Yeah. Sometimes I get him and Bruce Springsteen confused, oh, which no. I shouldn't. That's sweet cherry pie. No. <laughs> nope. Let's not <laughs> let's not discuss a genre of music that you have no knowledge of, and I also have no knowledge of, which is white people sweet music. Sweet Caroline. Blah, blah, blah. I don't think that's Bruce Springsteen, but I don't know. I don't know the oh, music. Oh, that's that, Tom Petty. I don't know the music that the whites listen to. Uh, I, oh, 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 another happy thing that happened... Um, that uh, we don't have time to talk about. Uh, Donald Glover debuted a new album on he his did. website. That was pretty cool. It's good. I didn't listen. It's good. I didn't have time. Folks. It's good. It's good. Is it as good as... What? Stay woke. Oh, uh, is it good as... Uh, what is that, Redbone? Yeah, Redbone. I mean... Yeah. What what's the name of that album? Awaken My Darling? Yeah. Uh whatever that album was, it was very good. This is his first album as Donald Glover. It's not as good, I'd say. Oh. But it's not trying to do as much different stuff. Maybe he's just trying to make some good vibes. Maybe. Uh I'd listen to it if I were you. Really in this global climate, isn't good vibes the only thing we can wish for? You know, I uh there's a school in marketing that tends to preach the gospel of like times are tough do you need a laugh stars is only five dollars a month and i think that that's very stupid uh but now in this time if i see those ads i'm like god i fucking do need a laugh yeah (laughs) give me that stars it's crazy how many companies are like oh man due to the wake of the uh the impact of coronavirus have Frozen 2 three months early. Yeah. And, like, Universal's like, yeah, you can stream our movies for, like, 20 bucks. I don't care. Yeah. I'm going to watch The Invisible Man. For 20 bucks? Probably. It's a lot of money. Yeah, I get that Alamo season pass, so my value proposition is all skewed. Well, yeah, but you saw that it was paused, right? Oh, they're not charging us? They're not. They, they have paused. That's nice. Because the theaters are closed. Yeah. Legally, was, there would be no way to use that product. I was hoping that I would use my season pass and they'd let me and only me in. <laughs> the funny thing is, uh, we, Jamie and I went to go see uh, Emma yeah. in the theater. 
And uh, it was weird because we thought there was supposed to be buffer seats, but it let us buy seats between two people. Interesting. But then when we got to the theater, like, it, like, people just sat where they wanted to sit a little bit. Yeah. But, like, distancing each other from other people. And uh, our server was like, that's kind of weird. Let me see your tickets again. And we showed him. He's like, okay. And then he looked at those tickets. He's like, yeah, the other party, you can sit there because there's supposed to be a buffer seat. Yeah. And it worked out because no one went to go see Emma. Yeah, no one went to go see Emma. I heard it's good. I think not that you should compare them. But if you're looking for a period piece of more modern sensibilities, Little Women kind of delivers on that promise a little what bit What about more. A Portrait of Lady on Fire? Did not see it. What about The Favorite? The, I, okay, so I've talked to someone who saw The Favorite, and he agrees that The Favorite also has modern sensibilities, whereas Emma is more of a straightforward period piece. Okay. But the trailer makes it look like it's more modern. Yeah, it feels like it's much more in the, in the Little Women space of someone like... Recontextualizing Unf- a work, which, by the way, Greta Gerwig did an amazing job of. Amazing, because the great majority of, if not the entirety of the dialogue in that movie, is literally from Little Women, but it's recontextualized in such a way to be like achingly modern. I, the story, phenomenal job. The storytelling, the way that the events are presented in Little Women, how it's like flashbacks. Tied to her journey yes. back home. Yes. Instead of telling it as a linear story. Yeah. Which Phenomenal. Is, yeah. Uh, Emma is a straightforward retelling oh. with a very modern trailer. That's not as interesting. Yeah. It's not as interesting. Uh, uh, so people who are in the know say kind of just watch Clueless if you want to watch a modern Emma. Because uh-huh. Clueless, yeah. it turns out, is an Emma adaptation. I had no idea. It is. Uh, or watch A Portrait of Lady on Fire. That one's got painting. It does. Uh, what are we at time-wise? I know things Way are, over. Really? We should probably... Actually, I think we're right on time because I forgot. We uh, we had a long conversation with my wife before the podcast. Oh, uh, your spouse. Fighting over facts. No one's going to know what I'm talking about because I didn't make it in the episode because it wasn't good enough. In my head, I was already planning for that moment to be... God damn it. Because this is, I mean, that's how I edit, is uh, I while it's happening, I think of what I want to do. Mm. And that moment was loud enough, one, to be picked up by the mic. Great. And two, I think, funny enough to make it. But now that I'm explaining it, ruined it. You're either going to cut out the thing or, or this, this conversation. Which means I won't do either because I never cut out when we say we're going to cut it out. Because I think it's very funny. I'm interested to see what happens, but since... You are editing this week. I think it falls on me to do the social media plugs. Uh, can I just do one little wrap-up on that previous segment? Oh, absolutely. So, yeah, so make an effort to look for positive things when you're kind of sifting through the trash of all the negative uh, news stories. Like, just if you see something positive, like, linger on it just a little bit longer than you would because that's how you'll notice it. And And right now, more than anything, we need to notice... The good things that are happening around us because it's so easy to cling on to the negative and get bogged down by all of this this bad information. But if you could like watch a penguin walk around an aquarium because that's happening in multiple multiple places. Or if you could watch if you can enjoy Donald Glover's new album, just just find something positive 
grab onto it and hold onto it before, like, the media strips it away with the, the latest news broadcast. Yeah. So, uh, I've heard this term a lot. It's rabbit hole survival. It, it's something that a lot of people in times of war have to do. Uh, but rabbit hole survival is, what's the situation in your rabbit hole like? Is it good? Are you filling it with good things? Because you should try to. Uh, it is absolutely your one of your responsibilities to peep out of your rabbit hole to see if, there are any, if there's any danger. Uh, ignorance is not forgivable. You should always be informed. But you should uh, tend your own garden. Maintain your rabbit hole. Fill it with good things. Because your rabbit hole is the only thing that you have right now. And just take it day by day. Don't be ignorant. Check outside of your rabbit hole. But make sure that your rabbit hole's full of good stuff. Yeah. That's the only thing you can do. I'm doing a thumbs up. I'm also doing a thumbs up. Which means, now that we've both turned our keys, it's the end of the episode. Turn your key, sir. That's a reference to War Games. Matthew Broderick killed a person with his car. The media forgot. Uh, so I'm going to do the social media plugs. <laughs> Uh, because you are editing this week, even though I am on quarantine, seems fair. Uh, so if you want I mean, to... do you want to edit? God, no. <laughs> uh, so if you want to send us a tweet, uh, you can do so at ZCPCWHJ on Twitter.com, which stands for Henry. Zero coronavirus. <laughs> coronavirus. With Henry, Coronavirus. That's right, that stands for Zero Credits Podcast with Henry John. Uh, send us a tweet. You can also send us an email, send us an email, send us an email, send us an email, send us an email at Zero Credits is a podcast at gmail.com. Please send us your long letters. Send us your letters to the outside. Send us your demands. Send us your expectations. If you work for the World Health Organization, send us your recommendation. I've been washing my hands for 20 minutes. I think that's what you guys said. My hands hurt a lot. Uh, we are on Facebook. You can find us on Facebook, uh, but fuck Facebook. Uh, you can find us also on Spotify by searching for zero credit open parentheses s close parentheses on Spotify.com. Most of our listens come from Spotify, so you're doing the right thing. We are on Apple Podcasts. Search for zero credits in the Apple Podcasts, whatever the fuck you use to look up podcasts on Apple Podcasts. Uh, one of the best ways you can let people know about this podcast in these trying times, because there's no better thing to do right now than to listen to a lot of podcasts, is to like, comment, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Am I missing one? Well, we would normally say word of the mouth. Oh, I <laughs> see, like, I see. I'm kind of nervous to tell people, so like, word of the fingers. Yes, text messages, text chains... Reddit threads, word of the mouth is the worst way we can survive in these times. Word of the fingers. Yes. Type it out. Type, uh, type, type it out. You should communicate to all your loved ones that they should listen to the Zero Credits podcast in a way that has no droplets. Yeah. Uh, watch your droplets. No bodily fluids. WWJD. Watch where your droplets... <laughs> 
Watch where your drop. Watch where your droplets. Watch where your droplets. Uh, do not leave droplets, but do leave comments. Uh, let people know that Zero Credits is the number one place they can go to not hear about the coronavirus. And I think that pretty much is yeah. it. I just want to give a quick shout out to uh, one of our dear f- uh, fams, uh, Eric. Eric. She went recently through her uh, her thesis defense and was told she needed to do some more work on it. Oof. So our thoughts are with you, Eric. We want to wish you the best, especially in this time of uh, you can't really hang around the lab that much because they yeah. want you to like experiment and get out. Our thoughts are with you. We hope you can do whatever you can to uh, get over that hump and move on to more exciting and successful things a thesis defense is always difficult however if they continue to turn you down go down the route of many spurned doctors and become a supervillain. oh yeah yeah that's great yeah and from everyone here at the zero credit studio quarantine zone we want to wish you a healthy and happy prolonged period of isolation that's it. Yeah, that's uh, that's all you oh, can hope for. I'm very glad we did this. And goodbye. And goodbye. I gotta go touch it. Oh, you gotta turn it off. You gotta turn off the fucking. Co- we never clap. Ah! We. Just bravo. Just bravo, coronavirus.